0: Are you ready to be inspired? Passionate Lives Podcast aims to raise awareness of mental health issues by challenging and inspiring you to live your life with passion. Now here's your host, Tris Reddick. So here with me in the studio today is um, Pippa Spybe who I've known for six years, I think, from At Work Australia. So welcome, um, Pepe. Can you just tell me a little bit about what you're doing at the moment?
1: Thanks, Tris, and thanks for this opportunity. It's really lovely to meet up with you again after all this time. I've gone through a bit of a journey over the last sort of um, six years since we used to work at At Work Australia. I started a business down in Gosnells doing counselling, and it, I was running like a wellness centre, and basically offering all the services that I felt needed to be offered to help people to actually find that level of wellness, Um, people struggling with depression, anxiety, life issues, whatever was going on in their lives. So I was offering counseling Um, I was employing um, counsellors and psychologists to help me with that and also was offering things like naturopathy and massage and we also had walking groups and I had a sewing group and we had a group for young girls who had disabilities. So a variety of different things and I ran that business for about four years so that was quite a journey and it was a very exciting journey and actually was... um, Honored and privileged to actually win a couple of awards during the time that I was actually doing that 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 business. So it was it was it was a really good time of my life. Then, about f- 2014, so two years ago, two and a half years ago, um, I actually decided that I actually wasn't following my dream anymore, and I wasn't doing what I really loved doing, which is actually working with people in counselling. And basically, what had happened is I'd become a real estate agent and I was just renting rooms more than anything so I decided that it was time to actually move on and do something different and I was very lucky to find somebody who was able to actually move into the, the offices and take them over from me so I actually reassigned my lease and was able to move on and start my next journey and the next journey involved doing a lot of training because I'm quite passionate about making sure that the image of counselling is actually raised because at the moment it's actually counselling is seen in quite a bad light because it's not registered and um, it's not regulated so a lot of people believe that counselling is just airy-fairy nonsense so to me it's about making sure that the counsellors that are going out into the industry are actually some of the best counsellors that can be can be seen and making sure that the training is not just theoretical training, it's also there's a lot of practical training that goes into that. So I'm quite interested in making sure that counsellors are getting what they need. So I do a lot of training. Um, I also run a support group um, called the Counselling Nexus, which is aimed at counsellors, new counsellors, graduates and students, and helping them to actually, you know, get a lot of practical experience. Um, I still do a little bit of counselling, and I do a little bit of workshopping, but not a lot of that anymore.
0: When we um, when we met, getting back to the the At Work Australia days, you you were very much in community services, helping people, which I mean you still are. But what kind of motivated you to go from you know the nine to five working in community services into having your own business?
1: Working in a community agency like I was, <coughs> um, excuse me, I found it very restricting because I felt that I was working in a disability sector, so I felt that working with people with disabilities was something that was a passion for me. And what I found was happening was I was being restricted and limited by the need for um, KPIs, so key performance indicators to be met. Um, I was being pushed into doing things with, you know, putting people into employment that I didn't believe were ready to go into employment. I was being made to do things that were going against my values and my ethics um, because my, my, my core value is respect for the people and respect for their journey. And I just felt that I wasn't being allowed to respect people for where they actually were at in their journey and I was being pushed to make them do things that I didn't believe they were ready for yet. So yeah, for me, working for an employer, was a very difficult journey because i just felt that it wasn't something i was it wasn't it wasn't helping me it wasn't supporting me i wasn't being motivated to do what i enjoyed doing
0: so now with your um with your business you've got that freedom to to do to follow your dreams really and do do what you um you you know your desires to do Uh, how has your business kind of evolved over the years
1: it's a good question (laughs) when i first started off Going, you know, going into my own business, I went into my own business with this preconceived idea that it was going to be Moonlight and Roses and a very easy journey and it was going to be fun and yeah. it was going to be, you know, oh, I could run a business, no problem. I think it took about three months for me to realise that that wasn't the case. Yeah. Um, after three months, you suddenly start realising that the income is not coming in as it used to regularly come in. And that's a very very scary place to be when you suddenly realise that you're not getting the income that you thought you were going to get. Yeah. I mean, in my original estimation, I was going to be earning like 140000 within the first year. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that was very, very misguided, very <laughs> misguided. And um, I also thought I was going to go from, you know, no clients to probably like 50 clients a month which also was a very misguided. So for me, um, going into business was a reality check. And I think what happened after three months, it made me realize that you, you have to be incredibly committed and dedicated to what you're doing. You can't do it on a part-time basis. Like, you, you know, if you, do, if you work, you, it's a nine to five job, and you can close your door and go home at the end of the day when you run your own business, it's not like that at all. You live it, you eat it, you dream it, you sleep it. And I think that's where the danger comes in, is that if it becomes so much of a commitment and so much of a passion, it can actually become a, it can get to a point where you can burn out. And I think that's a dangerous point. So um, I've kind of gone off the question a little (laughs) bit.
0: (laughs) You've overcome quite a lot in your life that's kind of led you to where you are today. Tell me a bit about some of the barriers that you've overcome.
1: I think the first one for me was immigration. Um, Immigrating to a new country is always, uh, well, I say always, but for me, it was a a huge transition. Mm -hmm. You know, people used to say to me, oh, it's the same language, the same same weather, the same, you know, but the reality is it's not. Um, The language is different, the weather is different, the community is different, the people are different. It is different. And I didn't realize that um, for me, the process of of grieving and losing my identity was a huge journey for me because i didn't you know i didn't realize that immigrating was going to involve this incredible level of loss and um, after the first couple of weeks that i was here i just became i I couldn't function and i didn't know what was going on with me because I, i was a person who was very capable I was very strong back in South Africa. I was very um, able to do pretty much anything. Came to this country and all of a sudden I felt like I just I just didn't know how to get up in the morning. And um, obviously, you know, what you do is you go and see a doctor, which is what I did. And was diagnosed as being depressed and was put onto medication, which was probably um, one of the worst things that could have happened for me because what happened with the medication it just and i'm talking about me totally i'm not talking about anyone else here um, so i just want to preface this if you know people are on medication this is not to do with other people this is my journey and if anybody decides to go and follow my journey and what i've done they need to get medical help and assistance before they actually decide to embark on anything like this um so i was diagnosed with depression and i was put on medication and I found that the medication dulled any emotions and I was able to kind of function. So I was able to get up in the morning and I was able to do what I needed to do. But I felt like emotionally I'd flatlined and I wasn't actually being able to um, animate or or get involved with life as I would want to. After about four years, um, it really started affecting me really, really badly. Um, We moved from Kalgoorlie to Perth um, when we got to Perth, we actually, Martin was working, in, my husband was working in Boddington. My kids were at school in Bel, uh, in Armadale. I was working in Belmont. We were living in Mundijong. It was just like, my life was just scattered all over the place. There was no core of where I could actually create a, a, a base where I was going to work from. And that's when things started falling apart for me. And um, it was at that point that the depression really kicked in really badly, the anxiety kicked in, and I actually became quite suicidal. I, I wasn't in a good place at all. I was I was pretty bad suicidal ideation and thoughts. And, and I had a doctor at that point, a wonderful doctor, who actually said to me that they wouldn't give me any more, they wouldn't prescribe more medication, um, just medication. Part of my treatment was to actually get counseling as well. And thank God for that, because I went through a journey of counseling. I was still taking the medication but I was getting pretty intensive counseling. I started seeing somebody, I was seeing the person about twice a week initially and went down to once a week and then once a month and she helped me to understand that part of my journey that I was going through was actually the loss that I hadn't dealt with and the grief that I hadn't dealt with and she gave me the opportunity to what I call properly grieve and um, during that process I realised that there had been a lot of loss and grief in my life which had actually impacted me and I'd never dealt with it as loss and grief, it had always just been buried. So through that journey of being allowed to actually deal with the loss and the grief and grief properly, I was able to actually then wean myself off the medication and to this day I still see somebody on a regular basis because I think depression, anxiety, loss, grief, whatever you want to call it, sadness, is not something that just goes away. Mm -hmm. I think that when life throws you curved balls, it kind of throws you back into that default setting again. And um, and as a result of that, I see somebody on a regular basis. I still see a supervisor every six weeks. And um, he's a wonderful supervisor who helps me to deal with my counseling issues, but also helps me to deal with my own personal life issues when they come up. So yeah, to me, overcoming those things, it's a journey. I don't think you ever completely are healed. I think it's like one of those things that it's always in the back of your it's always in the back of your being. And if, if life really throws you a curveball, you've got to be very, very careful that you don't go down that slippy slope again. You need to make sure that you have the support and the tools in place to help you with that.
0: Thank, Thank you for me. sharing that, uh um, Pippa. And and I just think that when you're saying you're not you're never really cured, it's always in the back of your mind, I think, once you've been through it. But I think that you kind of learn those strategies through um talking to the counselors you learn strategies of how to deal with it to help prevent those things from happening again even though obviously they might life might throw you curveballs but you get that kind of education i guess in terms of other people who are you know thinking of starting up their own business what kind of advice would you give to someone who is is thinking who has a passion who has a goal but who might be sitting on it for a while because they're you know they're not really confident with themselves or for whatever reason what advice would you give to someone thinking of starting up a business?
1: I suppose the first thing is just do it if you're going to start a business just do it the longer you think about it the longer it percolates the further further away it actually gets you know if you if you've got a passion and you believe it's something that you really want to do just do it but my advice would also be make sure that you've got the support that you need. Especially if you're somebody who is suffering with some sort of mental illness or, you know, I don't want to call it an illness, but if there's some sort of wellness issues that aren't really where they need to be, so you're not feeling strong or you're not feeling like you've you've got the inner capacity to do it. Get the support you need through a counsellor, a life coach, a, a business coach, but find the support that you need and get really good, solid support to help you with that. Um, the second thing I would say is probably be realistic about it it's not moonlight and roses it is it is hard work it really is hard work and doing a business there are going to be sacrifices that you have to make I know that when I first started up my first business um, the sacrifices that I made were friends and family now with the business that I'm running now um, I've, I've actually realised that friends and family are more important to me than a business. Business is a business. My friends and family are the things that are going to help me through. So I have consciously made time to spend with my friends and my family. And I think the other bit of advice that I would give is that there's two other pieces of advice on the sort of the other scale. Don't be afraid to do something because you're afraid you're going to fail. To me, failure is not an issue. Failure is an opportunity to learn. So if you do something and it doesn't work, just pick yourself up and do it again and try something different. And the other thing that I would say as well is be mindful of your business. And if it's not doing what you want it to do, don't be afraid to walk away. Really don't be afraid to walk away. There's, there's a wonderful saying that, you, you know, flogging a dead horse, if you're flogging a dead horse, it's not going to get up and walk, it's still going to be dead. So if you're doing a business that's not doing what you want it to do, don't be afraid to close the doors and walk away and try something
0: different. Yeah. That's uh, great advice there, Pepper. And, and what does the future hold for Pepper Spy being for your business?
1: I think I'm a serial entrepreneur. <laughs> I think I'm the sort of person who, if a business opportunity puts itself in front of me, I will always see it as a business opportunity mm-hmm. and I will always see the, the, the potential of turning it into a business. Um, I drive my family insane because I'm always <laughs> going, oh, here's another business. At the moment, I'm still doing Pippa Spibey. Um, as a business, so that's where I've got the counseling and the mentoring and and working with students. And my focus has changed a little bit. Instead of working just with clients, um, I'm actually working with students and helping them to become better counselors. So for me, my passion now is in the teaching side of things, is actually educating people to become the best counsellors that they possibly can be. And then the second, second avenue that I've opened up, I've actually opened up a little online business called Tiny Little Stitches. And it's, it's doing another passion that I have, which is sewing, which is, you know, it's like polar opposite to the counselling side of things and the teaching. But it's, it's another passion that I have and it's something that I enjoy doing. And it's, it's almost, it's like a business, but it's an outlet. So yeah and just enjoy your journey. If you if you don't I don't know if you, if you don't enjoy what you're doing, why are you doing it? If you enjoy what you're doing, go for it. If you don't enjoy what you're doing, do something different. Change. Don't be don't be afraid to change.
0: That's a good point to end on there. Thank you for joining me today, Pippa. And uh, if you want to find out more information about Pippa Spireby and what she does, or the, um, the Sewing uh, online uh, website there. The links are at the bottom there. So just um, have a look at the website and send her an email, have a chat, um, and see how she can help you.
1: Just to end, Tris, I suppose the other thing is that I'm, I'm always open to talk to people. And if anybody, I mean, coming from a counselling background, if anybody's finding that doing what they're doing is really wearing them down, give me a call. Let's have a chat. I've been there, done it. I, I kind of been on that journey and I can and I'm happy to help I'm happy to support
0: thank you very much for joining us today Pepe
1: not a problem and thank you for having me
0: you have been listening to the Passionate Lives podcast with Tris Reddick for more information on what we do check out our website at passionatelives.com.au or send us an email to admin at at